Okay, so uh, we'll just say awkward <laughs> intro now, and Trav, you can move this to the beginning and leave this part where I'm saying move it to the beginning, to the beginning, so that it's even more confusing that we recorded it out of order. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's time to get into our worsty judgments. <laughs> Do we have a cold open topic? No. <laughs> our favorite gay films. No, okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of what happened this week in movies that I gave a shit about. If I have to hear any more about this Ezra Miller bullshit, I'm just going to I set Twitter on fire. Basically been ignoring that. I'm ignoring the fucking movie. That's when I'm, I have no I'm gonna attention go to see the movie. I, I don't know. I, I'm just... Because they're... Uh, I don't give a shit about Ezra Miller, and Ezra Miller's going to make money from this movie whether I go see it or not. Yeah. So I'd rather support the hundreds of other people that worked on it. That's a fair point. It's like the whole the whole DC scrapping films, but by the time this comes out, it'll be old news, I guess. And like, yeah, you know, my problem with like supporting someone like Woody Allen these days is you knew what you were getting into signing up for a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, and Woody Allen tends to write, direct, and produce his movies. Right. So he's just gonna make a ton of money from it. So you made the conscious decision to work with Woody Allen, who you already know is problematic. Mm-hmm. Ezra Miller wasn't problematic when they got signed up for this flash, when they made the flash movie Yeah, and all in post-production of this flash movie, they just went batshit crazy and obviously need some kind of help because, yeah. so I don't know what has happened in their life that has caused this, but Justin Lin, who is, an amazing director and doesn't deserve <laughs> doesn't deserve all this bad press for the movie he directed and Michael mm-hmm. Keaton doesn't deserve this bad press for coming back as Batman and right yeah because the star and only one person out of hundreds that worked on this movie went absolutely insane now their art has to suffer that sucks yeah yeah, yeah. but that's, that's fair you but you, you know you've sold a ticket sir awesome (laughs) but you know if warner brothers is like we're gonna put ezra miller in another flash movie yeah at that point go see that one yeah (laughs) yeah because you knew what you were getting into at that point yeah Mm -hmm. it it was the same thing i had with west side story i was like i'm not gonna throw this whole fucking movie away with all these amazing actors and performers because ansel elgort's apparently a piece of shit Mm. you know what i feel like this could have been our cold open could have been because Technically, it's been recorded. Huh. That's pretty much about how much of a shit year 2016 was. What? Was it? Maybe. A lot of garbage tier movies that year. Yeah. This, this, I mean, I'll get into it more, but this, the field on this best picture races. Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) But 2016 was pretty much the year where I had to sit out a whole bunch because we just had our second kid and yeah i just didn't get to the movie theater a whole lot and yeah i think there was only one of these best picture nominees that i saw in the theater wow and it's, and it's not the one it's absolutely not the one you're probably thinking it is i was thinking manchester by the sea it was not manchester by the sea hacksaw ridge it was not Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> We're going to go back to that conversation. Won't see a Mel Gibson movie. There you go. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into at this point. <laughs> to be fair, spoiler alert, I still haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. Nice. There you go. Anyway, it was Lion. I saw a Lion in the theaters. Oh. It's the only one of these Best Picture nominees that's all in the theater. That's nice. that's wild. Yeah, that's just how little I was getting to the theater. And yeah. I love Dev Patel. Right. I've always loved Dev Patel. So when he is leading a film and I can go see it in a movie theater, I'm going to do my damnedest. The show. Mm-hmm. Just like, I didn't get to see that David Copperfield movie he just did, which was fun. I enjoyed it. I have a night court stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about it. Woo. 
Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsity Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Moonlight, which is a film about struggle, identity, expectation, and discovering your true self. Oh, this is everybody's first time watching this film. Yes, sir. No. No for me as well. Zach, do you remember the first time you watched it? Shortly before the Oscars, um, I watched it after it received its nomination, I believe. Hmm? How about you? Uh, Same. I, again, as I said, the cold open, I didn't get to see. I only saw one film from this category in theaters. That was Lion. And uh, I watched this one probably very legally, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. (laughs) I wanted to see it so bad. Yeah. I was broke and I had a new child and it was very hard to get. So I apologize to everybody for how legally I watched this movie because it was very legally. Yeah. All right. Let's get into an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. It is a mistaken February 26, 2017. Oh, shit. I I butchered the opportunity to say we were watching La La Land. <laughs> but oh, well, that, uh, joke, that joke is dead. Uh, well, then I won't do it when we get to the actual categories. Go ahead. We are at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Our host this evening is late night host and former man show host, Jimmy Kimmel. I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he, he did okay. Yeah. Uh, our most nominated film on the evening is Blah Blah Bland at 14. Good Lord. Tying. All about Eve and Titanic for the most nominations for a film. Insanity. Our most awarded film is Blah Blah Bland at six. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not giving away my feelings on this film. <laughs> no. Got it. So I got six. All right. Moonlight. Best picture giving Adele Romanski, Dee Dee Gardner, and Jeremy Kleiner producing awards. And it beats out. Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, and Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. Best Director, very confusingly, goes to Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Beating, <sighs> Got it for Whiplash. Yeah. Beating Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Of course, this means... We are at the 89th Academy Awards, and we still have not had a black director win Best Director. Yep. The three people who accepted the Best Picture were three white people. Yep, Barry Jenkins skipped over for Best Director. Yeah, like, oh, here, you can have Best Picture, but you're not getting Best Director for, what, three... Uh, Films now that have been directed by black directors. Yep. Yep. Always very conveniently goes to the white guy. Speaking of the white guy. (laughs) And (laughs) this uh, Casey Affleck wins best actor for Manchester by the sea. Best actress goes to Emma Stone for La La Land. Notice I haven't mentioned any actors for Moonlight in those categories. Good lord. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you can actually have a best actress for Moonlight. Um, the two big actors. Well, here, let, let's finish out the yeah, actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Mahershala Ali does win best supporting actor for Moonlight. Yes. Which but, he was great. Yes, he for was. his fifteen minutes on screen and. Viola Davis wins Best Supporting Actress for Fences. She is the co-lead of that film. Mm. She's in Supporting Actress. Mm. This mm-hmm. is a bullshit nomination. Mm-hmm. Emma Stone was not better than Viola Davis in Fences. This shouldn't have happened. Nope. 
and she beats Naomi Harris in Moonlight, who is amazing in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we could have subbed out. Oh, I hate to say it. Uh, we could have subbed out Octavia Spencer for Janelle Monet. She's also incredible in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, Janelle. Oh, Janelle. Yeah, I don't think we have a, a lead actress in this film because the two the two actresses who take up who get who are given the most screen time are both supporting actresses. Yeah, that's fair. Is there even like a lead actor in this movie? I mean, because we have so many split timelines, it's like yeah I, yeah. I know we got. I know we get the three Chiron thing, and it's kind of weird because Dev Patel is nominated for Lion in supporting, and it's kind of the same thing where he splits the time with a a young child mm-hmm. in that film, and he still gets supporting even though his character is the main character of the film, and he gets. Probably roughly a third or more of the screen time. Still feel like even though we get three Chirons, Trayvante Rhodes probably should have been fucking at least nominated. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Holy fuck. I am Oh, which who's the middle Chiron? That was Ashton uh, Sanders. Sanders. Yes. Like, I always, I always feel bad. I can never remember his name because he plays the RZA on the Wu Tang Clan and American Saga on Hulu. Oh wow! Oh nice. He is awesome on that show. He yeah. is incredible in this movie. Oh another, yeah. Another thing on my list. We could, we could have nominated all three of them for best actor. We could kick out mm, Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield, as much as I hate to do it, and we'll go ahead and kick out Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Just all three shy runs. I'm okay with it. There you go. Yeah, I'm down. A Tryrone. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, moving on. Best original screenplay goes to Manchester by the Sea, giving Kenneth Lonergan an Academy Award. Uh. <laughs> Best adapted screenplay goes to Moonlight, giving Barry Jenkins and Terrell Alvin McCraney Academy Awards. Nice. Best animated feature film goes to Zootopia. Yeah. Best Best mm-hmm. foreign language film goes to The Salesman from Iran, which is an Oscar for Hadi film. Mm. Uh, best documentary feature goes to OJ Made in America. Mm. This is an interesting category because 13th and I Am Not Your Negro are incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of shitty that it went to the OJ one. Yeah. When you got those in. Yeah. 13th is essential viewing. And, essential. I mean, I mean they both Ava, Ava should have gotten that Academy Award. Yeah. But our best documentary short subject goes to The White Helmets, which is a very good film. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, best live action short film goes to Sing, which I find very confusing because I thought that was about animals and his singing. Yeah, yeah, I just had to do a double take. So let me take. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, best animated short film goes to Piper. Best original score brings us to our podcast. Within a podcast, John Williams Oscar Watch. I didn't fuck it up this week. Nice. But it also doesn't matter because he's not nominated. Damn. Yep. <laughs> I had that confused look like, what? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I got it in this week because I fucked it up last week. That's fair. He did uh, pieces of something. Pieces of something. One of my he sure did. Uh, Best original score goes to La La Land, giving Justin Hurwitz an Academy Award. Best original song for some reason goes to City of Stars from La La Land. Literally the only song that I sort of remember from that movie. Uh, It's the worst song in the movie. It's bad. Not that I want to throw Academy Awards at Lin Manuel Miranda or anything, but how far I'll go from Moana. Yeah. One of the best songs from that movie. Not the one I would have gone with. Not the one I would have gone with either, but I like that one. Like Shiny. But I knew you were going to say Shiny. <laughs> I, I love Jermaine Clement, though, so not going to get any arguments out of me. Also, uh, J. Ralph and Sting are nominated for the empty chair from Jim, the James Foley story. Hmm. Okay. 
and can't stop the feeling from trolls. He's nominated <laughs> in the category. Justin Timberlake, <laughs> Oscar nominee. Uh, yeah. Well, that the, my boys went through a phase of listening to that song a lot, so I, I'm partial to it. But yeah. Leanne like dancing in the kitchen with the boys to that song, so yeah, can't say I'm mad at it either. I just like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, future sex love sounds. All right. Best sound editing goes to Arrival. Mm. Best sound mixing goes to Hacksaw Ridge. I'm curious about this. 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. I tried to find out what's going on there. Has but I a couldn't res- see it. Yeah, has a rescinded nomination from Greg P. Russell. Yeah, all, all Wikipedia will tell me about it is that he's been nominated 16 times and has never won. Hmm. Is that the one where... Uh... It's the Michael Bay one. The Michael Bay Benghazi film. Yeah. yeah. Which is Which... way more even-handed than I expected it to be. Hmm. Just funny because you look at the cover for the movie and it's like explosions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Best production design goes to La La Land. Best cinematography goes to La La Land. Beating out Moonlight. Hmm. Best makeup and hairstyling goes to Suicide Squad. <laughs> now will it will you keep making that face if i tell you that this was uh the dceu's first academy award and the mcu has not won one to this point that's funny (laughs) (laughs) the thing is i didn't hate suicide squad because they basically just made an mcu movie in that one that's all that one was except for fucking jared leto i can't Fucking stand that guy. That movie is a mess. Are he and Scarlett Johansson dating? <laughs> I saw a picture of them holding hands. I don't know what oh, it was I, from. I, I, I could give two fucking shits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I saw, uh, somebody posted and they're like, <laughs> he's gonna morb or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, beautiful. Uh, best costume design goes to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Doesn't even make the, any fucking sense. Wasn't that the first like Harry Potter uh, <laughs> related Oscar win? I think I remember that. Like, yeah, I think you might be right. It was like it had so many nominations, but it never won anything. The whole franchise. Yeah, that's, that sounds correct. Hmm. I, okay. Mm. Just fucking okay. Uh, best film editing goes to hacksaw ridge beating out moonlight best visual effects goes to the jungle book Mm. that beats out deep water horizon dr strange kubo and the two strings and rogue one a star wars story Mm. that is an interesting category is you can't fight that one can't fight the feeling got this feeling on my body I'm get, we'll, we'll get into my problems. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, problems. All right. We're down to the honorary awards, and our honorary awards this evening go to Frederick Weissman, American filmmaker, documentarian, and theatrical director, Lynn Stallmaster, American casting director, Ann V. Coates, British film editor, and the one, the only, Jackie Chan, Hong Kong martial artist, actor, director, producer, and singer. Yay! Can you name what Disney song Jackie Chan sang for the Hong Kong dub? What Disney song he sang for the Hong Kong dub? Yep. Of the film. It's an animated film, so. Can you give us a year? No, because it's going to give it away. Okay. Was it an animal character? No. Mm. My, my last hint is that Singer of the American version was not the voice actor of the character. Oh, I'm gonna say Hercules. You know, I was thinking Hercules as well, but I think Hercules had more than one song. Yeah, but maybe he just sang that one. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that kind of puts him in a villain era, and I was thinking maybe he did be prepared, but then since you said he wasn't an animal. I'm going to go further forward and say you're welcome from Moana just because. 
It's I'll make a man out of you from Milan. Oh, uh, I wanted to, I was going to do that, but it's like, oh, that's too obvious. Which, yeah. Which yeah. BD Wong was the was the voice actor and Donny Osmond sang the song for the American. Title. OK. Yeah. So Good. that is our Oscar breakdown. Thank you. Sometimes the obvious answer is the one you should go with, I guess. There you go. Occam's razor. I just didn't want to be Occam's racist. <laughs> right. Makes sense. So, so Jonathan usually says something after I do the breakdown. Well, line. I didn't hear the breakdown line. I'm sorry. Uh, let's well, talk about a movie. <laughs> let's My talk bad. about this movie. This, this movie. movie. Let's talk about this movie. All right. Um, this is fucking great movie. Fuck, um, this movie's so good. <laughs> so this movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. That has no need to be flashy, no need to do anything but just tell a fucking story about a dude. The time jumps, because like I feel like the second act was a little shorter than the other ones, but it was also I think what watching God that fucking moment he breaks. Just, just that walk into the fucking school, dude. Yeah. It's so, oh god, oh. I, I knew it was gonna happen, and I was still holding my breath. Like yeah. I had no idea. I was like, did this do? What did he bring with him? Like I know he's going in, he's gonna do something, but what? But when he just fucking grabs the goddamn chair and oh, and then the twitching on the ground was just phenomenal. Just mm-hmm. phenomenal. This movie is phenomenal. I just don't know what they were trying to say about him as a younger person when he was a kid mm-hmm. are they were were they trying to make him look autistic not look autistic but come off as an autistic character no i because he was definitely like he had and, and i think it's and I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any stretch because what they did was if that is something that they were trying to do they were doing it where it was his he just did not know how to deal with social cues. He did not know, but it could just be something that stems from just home trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't think at no point until he meets with Mahershala Ali's character, is he getting any positive reinforcement from anybody? Right. So he just stays to himself. He doesn't seem to know how to act in public because he was never really taught. Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying around a burden that he shouldn't be carrying around because he's different and people treat him that way. Yeah. He's he's both, you know, got his own internal struggle plus having to watch your mom be a drug addict who has various male visitors and things. It's just I mean he he finally gets that connection with Kevin where he starts talking more. So that makes me think, you know, not, they're not necessarily going the, the autism route, but you know, a lot of his unable to make um, eye contact and, and being quiet. I know um, seems like a lot of the ways they usually portray it in film. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, you know, this, uh, it's an excellent film. It's a little, Hard to talk about again coming. I think you know we got three white guys, straight white straight guys white guys, straight, straight white guys talking about a film that deals with. I'm just going to say, you know, the black community is very. Uh, they have strong convictions about you know a strong family unit, and and there's a lot of trauma, especially through the history of America, where it it's been more difficult for black men especially to be openly gay you know there's a lot of the quote-unquote you know down low culture which i think they kind of allude to when adult chiron goes to uh atlanta i I mean it's a it's a big thing in atlanta it's a stereotype i guess but i think it's purposefully chosen and you know and a lot of times it feels like through the history of black film, it hasn't been allowed to be artistic like this. I mean, the production companies have been like, okay, you, you can make comedy, you can make action films, you can make rap and hip hop movies. And you know, this has some aspects of all that stuff, but I feel like 
the characters have confronted a lot of those issues and like the drugs, the poverty, but they, they confront and escape some of these trappings by the end. And that's something that's really unique from both the character aspect and the storytelling aspect. I don't know. That's kind of some word salad, but maybe I, <laughs> no, I follow. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. yeah and, and as you said, with, with, with black film, you get, you get so few filmmakers from the black community that are, that are able to make films like this, the way they want to make them right up to this point. So you get like Spike Lee, or if you're going to go micro budget, you get something like watermelon woman. There isn't a lot of, Right. I mean, someone like John Singleton, who was making very poignant and interesting films from the early to mid 90s, well, through through most of the 90s, because, of course, he gets uh, he gets to make Rosewood in 1997 Mm -hmm. is then suddenly making films like Too Fast, Too Furious and right, you know, more of more action oriented ilk with big name stars. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe those are the films he wants to be making, but he's definitely not making the introspective films that he was making before. Right. Sure. Yeah. Just a issue of not letting black filmmakers be black filmmakers. So mm-hmm. the way the way we have failed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know it could be also just my kind of limited uh, scope, but I don't think I'd seen a film before this that celebrates um gay black love like this like see, see at least water between two men between two oh, men anyway but two men yeah um yeah uh the the gay characters in black movies they they exist but a lot but of they're times, usually super effeminate like uh, they, they super, make them like and they're caricatures almost yeah, yeah and they're the and they're often a punching bag yep right it's like hey, we're not ignoring you we're just not treating you very well yeah um but Jonathan, you mentioned uh, Trevante Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Just some of his the very small facial inflections that he has, like especially towards the end there when he and uh, Kevin meet again, and just trying to you know trying to talk a little bit, and you can see him struggling with his thoughts and his feelings. There's such su- subtle, amazing acting there. Well, what I see, and it's where I think it's, it's amazing is cause you see the, you know, the Atlanta him uh-huh. and then, you know, where, you know, he, he's putting up that front. Yeah. But maybe it's not even a front at that point. Maybe you're thinking, okay, he's, you know, because he has gone to jail, he has, his life has changed from that point. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he has hardened quite a bit and you see him actually talking to somebody else too. So you're just like, all right, yeah. you know, he's had to pick up, on how to be social and things like that. But you do, you do see in his face when he goes back home, you do see, he turns back into Chiron. Like you see, he, he just, just how he moves, even when he talks to his mother, that he kind of goes back to that head down, you know, I'm able to talk to you now, but very, a man of very few words. Yeah. And I, I, I just, in everything that he does, it was just phenomenal to see somebody be able to do that, just kind of turn that switch from one character to basically somebody else's character and be able to play that same role. It was, I thought, really well done. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just looked up Trevante Rose to see what he did after this. Mm-hmm. And uh, starting on the August 25th, he's going to be playing Mike Tyson in a Hulu miniseries called Mike. Nice. Oh, nice. I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, he is. God, he's incredible in this. He, it's like Jonathan was saying, he doesn't need to be flashy. He doesn't no. need to be like, he's so subdued. And I think the, like the biggest moment you get out of him is when he's razzing the one guy he has working for him. And he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, your counts, your counts off. <laughs> you didn't give me enough money. Yeah. And that's like the biggest moment you get out of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he should have been up for something. He really should have. He should also be like in every movie. Not to say <laughs> he's not been in much since. Like, no, he really hasn't been. And I don't know if that's, if he's not going out for it or if he's just, you know, like 
we were just talking about black directors, like black actors just don't get the chances that white actors get, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, I, I'm thinking so much about the movie. There's so many scenes and things going through my head. It's, it's, it's difficult to talk about in, you know, somewhat because of the subject matter that I don't want to misspeak on because I'm, I'm not representative of the, um, characters in this film right um but also so much of it's just visual and it moves naturally like jonathan said you know it's just telling a story and um the camera work is lovely and natural you know there are some artistic flares with uh color that's used or you know some sometimes things are slowed down a little bit or or you know certain angles are used but yeah but it didn't need much beyond that no like and, and i appreciated that a bit like it didn't need to be like super edited or anything like that like the most when you're transitioning between each act and you're given like the the Blinking the light police there. lights yeah like that that's all that even then i was like that i think that was just there to kind of tell you hey this is a point that we're moving forward Mm-hmm. Like if you, cause you know, you don't know that at the get, cause honestly, at first I was like, when I, when you first see it, I'm like, all right, does this mean like somebody got arrested? What's going on? And then you see that it was a jump in time. So I was like, all right, that was, that's cool. I mean, not necessary, kind of like, but it was kind of cool. Kind of like the cigarette burn at the end of a reel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as a film, as if we, if you look at it, not, not just so much on the topics of it, the movie, but just as a film, it, it didn't need more than what it had. It had exactly what it needed. Yeah. And it, it felt like I said, because it was just a movie telling a story. Yeah. It had things to be said. The things were said and everybody did their part perfectly to say it. Like it just, you did not need to have more. You did not need to have an action scene of some kind because it was just the story of a kid and his life just and all you need for something like that is just somebody to stand there with a camera and let the actors act yeah yeah and jenkins is so good at that yeah he is he is an actor's director for sure and i love that i love the long takes he does Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we get these action movies with just these jump cuts of you know, the Michael Bay two second shots and you're, we're, we're just constantly fed this God, I even saw somebody point this out on TikTok the other day of like Coco melon and how there's no shot that lasts longer than no more than like three seconds at most. And it's, it's uh, so over, overstimulating. That's terrifying. And yeah. yeah. So you're just like, when you get movies and anything where it does can actually just put the camera in a spot let the actors act give us that yeah. like basically you be mm-hmm. you be us be us so that we can see that later and the long takes that give them moments to breathe mm-hmm. the way they the way they introduce characters to to their environments like that opening shot with Mahershal ali coming in and saying hi to his one dealer and the one guy keeps bothering his dealer for free drugs and mm-hmm. like all all that's done in one shot and yeah, it never breaks because you don't need it to. Cause yeah, you, mm-hmm. you get you get to see him immersed in his world. You get to see every moment play out, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to keep jumping around from character to character. Exactly, which is why which was the biggest problem that I had with like Birdman, where it's like, yeah, you're given a long shot, but you're not. You're just transitioning in a stupid way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a uh, there's a minimal score and like you know there is a score but it's very quiet and natural and it doesn't like tell you how to feel like you know you talk about long shots and you mentioned exactly the scene earlier of him going into the school but i just come back to that it's like you don't have a intense it's like there there is no manipulation there's there i feel like there's just that that hint of like the yeah. going under the whole thing, just like that, that buzz in the score that yeah. lets you know that some tension is mounting, but it's not overwhelming to what's like you hear every door open as loudly as like it echoes through the halls. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's moving with purpose and the sounds that you're hearing have purpose to them. And Oh God. Right. And 
just it following him. I don't. Did you ever see Gus Van Zandt's Elephant? I did. Yeah, it's been it, a long it time. reminded me so much of Elephant uh-huh. that again, as Jonathan was saying, like you, you don't know what he's about to do the first time you watch this, and your 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 brain is going to the worst places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know something bad's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like I was still left with that. Is he just going to stew? Like his, like it, it felt like there was the possibility of him because of the character, mm-hmm. right? That nothing was going to happen. Yeah. So, but without that, we're not propelled further into mm-hmm. the future. And exactly, we don't, we don't get black the way we get him. Yeah. You know, and that that whole scene with Kevin beating him up, yeah, is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. So. That is honestly the only scene that I had a little bit of a problem with. Okay. Because it was a little like, yeah, I've seen this, or I just kind of knew this was going to happen, where it's just like, they're going to find a way to fuck, you know, fuck up this whatever relationship these two were going to have, and it's probably going to be in some physical manner. And it's just like, okay. Like, it wasn't done terribly by any stretch, and it was still a good scene. It's just one that I was like, Yep. Okay. Yeah. But just the idea that they're playing a game called Knockdown, Stay Down. He just keeps shouting, Stay Down at him, and he refuses to to yield his. Which, you know, is uh, it was, was a clever callback at the same time to mm-hmm. that whole, I knew you weren't soft uh, when they were kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd have I'll, just liked him to fight the main guy that he hit him with the chair. I would just I wanted that as a fight. <laughs> and then the chair, because goddamn, I love somebody getting hit by a fucking chair. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> yeah. I'll finish just on my thoughts by saying I really love the whole diner scene. It's a uh, you know, it's romantic and it's tense as fuck. It is tense. <laughs> it's it's seriously tense. like there. both of them are just like did you come to fuck or not? Like both of them are here to say it, but they're not going to (laughs) like, and it's, I, it was so well done because I spent the entire time. just fucking say it. One of you just fucking say something in some way to just go, yes, this is what I want. And the fact that you, you only get that, I don't pay off in some way in that whole, no other man has touched me before or has touched me since you, when when he finally lets out, I'm just like you breathe. You're just like fucking finally. And then the fucking movie's over. Yeah, and and, and, and it doesn't like jump to sex. It jumps no. to them just holding each other. And it's yes. just so gorgeous. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's I'm. Mean, that's that's even more beautiful. You know, there's so much more intent to that. There's so much more love. Right. I. Oh god, that just made my heart swell. Just like the. The, the swimming lesson with Mahershala Ali mm-hmm. and you know the kind of main metaphor of that the, you haven't tried swimming so let's try swimming and mm-hmm. you know so trying something being different trying something different can be scary but yeah. sometimes yeah. you just need to immerse yourself in it to be able to see that it works right and you know he gets his Kevin gives him the hand job by the ocean, <laughs> yeah, which is also kind of a really sweet scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, then later on, there's that shot like in the third act where I think it's after they've left the diner, and there's just like a group of kids, a group of black children just playing in yeah. the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, I love it. I love, I love a good central metaphor. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, do you guys have any more notes on this movie? It it's really hard to just keep praising it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's visually stunning. It's well written. Yeah. Well acted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barry Love. Jenkins rules. Barry Jenkins rules. Yeah. More more Barry Jenkins, please. More Barry Jenkins. I agree. I love everybody. Everybody's so good in this movie. And I love yes. Janelle, Janelle Monet. They yeah. right. She, uh, they, but she, she added, she goes by she or they. Okay. 
I didn't I didn't want to misstep there. Yeah, no, she came out uh, as um, you know, non-binary, but she she graciously will take she or they. I okay, know cool. because she uh, is my other wife and I follow her with uh, purpose. <laughs> you picked a good one. That's fair. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our Razzie roundup. <laughs> because it's always hard to talk about a really good movie like this one and then go into, by the way, here's the shit the Razzies are doing. Yeah. But this year we have our worst picture as Hillary's America, the secret history of the Democratic Party. Oh, is that the Dinesh D'Souza film? <laughs> um, Gerard Mullen? Hmm. Yes, it was the Dinesh D'Souza movie. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah. F- yeah. Fuck Dinesh D'Souza and everything that criminal stands for yeah yeah good lord uh that is beating out batman v superman dawn of justice doesn't deserve to be there yeah uh dirty grandpa which one was that that was uh that's the one with uh robert de niro and um Mm. what's why did i say zach efron thank you yeah i was gonna Mm. say high school musical Uh, Gods of Egypt, a movie I completely fucking forgot existed. Okay, that one probably belongs there. <laughs> uh, Independence Day Resurgence, one I still haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. I, I kind of really want haven't to, gone, but I just <laughs> yeah, I really just haven't gone back to watch a lot of films from this year that I missed. This yeah. year is not great. Uh, and Zoolander two. What's the Which last I, I still one? haven't seen that either. I didn't like the first one, so I feel like that's one I'm just going to step away from. I Everybody love fucking loves Zoolander, and I just don't get I, it. I love Zoolander. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Worst director goes to Dinesh D'Souza for Hillary's right. America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party. Good, Beating out him. Roland Emmerich, uh, Tyler Perry for Boo of Medea Halloween, Boo. Alex Proyas, oh, Zack Snyder, and Ben Stiller. Oh, Alex Proyas. Uh, Alex Proyas. Oh. Alex Porteous is the Weezer of directors. Weezer. Alex Porteous directed two really good films. And uh, hasn't done anything good since. <laughs> the Crow in Dark City. I was going to say iRobot. It's not The Crow. No, it's definitely The Crow. The third best film in 1994. All right. Uh, worst actor goes to Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, beating out Ben Affleck, Gerard Butler, Henry Cavill, Robert De Niro, and Ben Stiller. Worst actress goes to Michaela Krantz for Hillary's America, beating out uh, Megan Fox for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Sure. Uh, Tyler Perry, Julia Roberts for Mother's Day, Naomi Watson, the Divergent series <laughs> Allegiant, <laughs> Shut, and Ever- Evelyn Johnson Eaton. That oh, fucking Mother's Day movie from the box office game. Yeah. <laughs> We almost lost the box office game the other night because of Mother's Day. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Worst supporting actor goes to Jesse Eisenberg for BVS. Uh, beating out Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, Nicolas Cage for Snowden. Uh, Johnny Depp for Alice Through the Looking Glass. Will Ferrell for Zoolander 2. Jared Leto for Suicide Squad. And Owen Wilson for Zoolander 2. Johnny Depp should have won that. Mm. And then disappeared from polite society like a good person. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I I nothing those the Alice movies so. I just stinky. Just fuck Johnny Depp. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Fair enough. He's a disappear from polite society like a good person. Sure. Uh, Kristen Wiig winning uh, worst supporting actress for Zoolander two, uh, beating out Julianne. Oh, you? Ha. Ha. Like ha. Ho. 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 I see her name all the time, but I'm not yeah. sure either. I think it's sure. she was She was the lead in the um, Rock of Ages movie. Rock of Ages. Man, I could have forgotten that movie existed too. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah. My wife played the shit out of that fucking album. If it's the Broadway one, I. It I, wasn't. I would be a little more appreciative of it. Yeah, it wasn't. The movie just misses the mark in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kate Hudson for Mother's Day. Aubrey Plaza for Dirty Grandpa. 
uh, Jane Seymour for Fifty Shades of Black. Oh, oh, the Marlon Wayans movie. Yeah. And uh, Cell Award for Independence Day Resurgence. Worst screen combo goes to Ben Affleck and his BFF, baddest foe forever, Henry Cavill, beating out any two Egyptian gods or mortals, Johnny Depp in his vomitless, vibrant costume, uh, the entire cast of once-respected actors in Collateral Beauty. Fuck, yeah. Damn. Uh, Tyler Perry in that same old, worn-out wig, and Ben Stiller and his BFF, barely funny friend, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Worst. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel goes to BVS, Beating Out Alice, Fifty Shades of Black, Independence Day, TMNT, or the te- Meat and Needle Teetles, <laughs> and <go>. Zoolander. <laughs> I just bought that Shredder's Revenge game. Oh, it's so good. It's so much fun. Hooray. You can have like six people play at the same time. Yeah, I need to get more friends with Switches. I have a Switch. I just don't have that game on Switch, but I wonder oh. if it has cross-platform. I'll find out. I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst screenplay goes to BVS, Speeding Out Dirty Grandpa, Gods of Egypt, Hillary's America, Independence Day, and Suicide Squad. Um, let's see. And the Razzie Redeemer Award goes to Bill Gibson. Ooh. From Worst Supporting Actor nominee for The Expendables 3 to Directing Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh. And apparently, and they actually gave us what this means, the Barry L. Bumstead Award is the for a movie that cost a lot and lost a lot. Cost a lot and lost a lot. And this year was for misconduct. Um, I'm looking up stats for this movie now. Uh, ooh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, budget was 11 million. Box office, uh, 2.1 million. Um, Let's see, there was a moment here where it was like in June of 2016, it grossed 97 pounds. Wow. Um, this is a movie with, let's see here, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Julia Stiles. What? what? <laughs> Misconduct. Okay. Misconduct. Okay. <laughs> Directed by Shintaro Shimusawa in his directorial debut. 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 So, uh, that is a thing. Holds a 7% rotten rating. Wow. Ew. So, Damn. that's a need to watch. Yeah. I like those trio of actors most of the time. But, so, hmm. yeah. I've checked, yeah, check that one out. Yep. All right, and that is going to be our Razzie Roundup. And it is now time for our Worsty Judgments. And Zach. Hello. Hi, how are you? Dandy. Dandy? Excellent. Was this the worst movie? Wait, hold on. (laughs) I fucked it up. It's been a while. Did this movie deserve Best Picture? Did this movie deserve Best Picture? That is the question. I, I, uh, I saw five of these nominees. Um, I have not seen Hell or High Water, which I really want to see. Mm-hmm. I have not seen Manchester by the Sea, which I you know, only have mild interest in. Um, I have a copy of Fences that I'm going to watch very soon, but I, I must admit that I haven't seen that either. And I watched part of... Uh, I started watching Lion, I feel like, back in 2016... Or 2017. Um, no, 2016. Yeah. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I, I can't remember. Anyway. So of the other nominees, uh, number five, it was a La La Land. I actually don't hate La La Land, but it's ridiculous. It was ridiculously overhyped. It was like, it was okay when I saw it. And, and for it to get 14 nominations, I was like, what the heck is going on here? I, I don't know. If it's just because it took the sad ending or that made it a more serious film or something, you know, white man saves jazz. There you go. I, I don't know. It, it's got some pretty scenes and, and, you know, I like, I personally like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together. I don't think she deserved the Oscar at all, but I don't mind them again, just overhyped. Not that good. Uh, number four. I hate to slot it here, but I've got Hidden Figures. I think Hidden Figures is very important. It's it's lovely, but it's still 
too uh too whitewashed i guess you know it it does that the topic deserves a more scrutinized look it's not quite as bad as um the help but you know it's kind of in that same kind of oh look kevin costner the good white guy saving the day i don't don't know some (laughs) of that's in there and oh look john glenn you know john glenn was awesome but you know there's still some of that framing of look what the good white people helped make happen Mm-hmm. So that keeps it from being higher, but I still like it. It's very good. And then uh, I actually have seen Hacksaw Ridge. I justifies seeing it, justified seeing it by not paying to see it. Steal um, it from the internet, baby. Mm-hmm. And it's actually yeah. it's 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 an incredibly made movie, and uh, oh, I'm sure it is. Andrew Gar- Garfield is incredible in it, and it's. You know, it's a true story, and it's a one of those ones where you're like, I cried. I was like, holy shit, this this dude was awesome. So yeah, I've got that in my number three. Uh, next, I have Arrival, which is amazing, but I still don't know how I feel about the ending, even <laughs> six years later. But it's great. I need to watch it at least two or three more times, I think, to really process my feelings. Uh, uh, but yeah, Moonlight is the best of these, and it deserved to win Best Picture. And it's an incredible film. Uh, I didn't. Ha- I now that I'm looking at it, 2016 didn't have a whole lot of great things for me to shout out. I loved. Uh, I did love Zootopia, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One. So there you go. Moonlight was the best. Nice. All right. Um, this movie deserves best picture. I have seen Arrival. I have never had any intentions of ever seeing La La Land. That movie was fucking hyped. And then it got hyped by the wrong people for me to think it. I would want to enjoy that movie. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm." for a person who's been asking for like a renaissance or not a renaissance, but like bringing back the big, bring it, give me, give me my Danny K. Give me my Fred Astaire's like, give me, give Mm. me, give me my new generation of that. Um, I, I, I didn't want it to be this because I knew what would happen and I'm glad it didn't would be this kind of fake resurgence of like it, it, it would come back and just be just constant garbage that was just getting swilled out. And I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I haven't seen La La Land. I don't intend <coughs> to see La La Land and, uh, and don't I like, it. yeah, I like uh, Ryan Gosling. I do yeah, too. I, I still cry every time I, uh, I think about him and the, the serial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I I don't like Emma Stone. I think she's okay at best. I agree. Um, I don't, and yeah. I don't like disparaging Asian actresses like that. Yeah. Um, Arrival is fucking phenomenal. I don't know what problem you have with the fucking ending, Zach, but I don't think there's a misstep in that movie ever. Um. Yeah. My my. I'm thinking back to like the whispering. Uh, I I always kind of roll my eyes when there's like whispering and you never find out what was said. Yeah. Uh, but, but maybe it's not important and maybe I, you know, I, I need to go back and watch it again and watch it closer. And, um, maybe That's the fair. question was answered. And... Nope. Fair enough. Uh, that being said, uh, rogue one was the best movie of the year. Hands down. When you make me go, uh, this movie is better than empire. You deserve more mm. than the recognition you got. And I understand, again, it's Star Wars. It doesn't need that recognition. But this was the first one that strayed away from that and still gave you your Skywalker mm-hmm. in one of the most just gorgeous and scariest. Like, they villainized Vader in that movie. And I know Vader is a villain, but they made him a fucking just badass and a bad guy for mm-hmm. 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So I Rogue One was a perfect film. And I love Moonlight. It is a great story. It is well done. But if I'm going to go, what movie changed things and still gave me awesomeness and just eyeball candy and ear candy and just everything, every scent rogue one was every bit of that. And, uh, yeah. So moonlight deserved it. 
Rogue One should have at should have won. I don't want to even say it should have at least been nominated. Rogue One should have won Best Picture that year. So I would, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it nominated at least too. But you know, I, it, it's incredible. Yeah, not so. Me. Yeah, that's me. Uh, so Paul, yep. does this movie deserve Best Picture? All right. I don't have a top 20 this week. I didn't see enough movies in 2016 to feel like he, I should have He only one. saw like 116 uh, instead yeah, of his it, like 352. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was probably only in the year of 2016. I probably only saw like 20 films. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and most of the ones from 2016 that I ended up seeing, I saw in 2017 when the Oscar nominations came out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I said, I didn't see. Ha- I still haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, maybe one day I'll watch it if I watch it for free and uh, don't have to give Mel Gibson any money. Yep, yep. I'll I'll watch twenty other uh, Andrew Garfield films twenty times to make up for the fact that I'm not giving him money for Hacksaw Ridge. There you go. He deserves it. All right. So I'll start this with my least favorite film in the category, which is La La Land. I fucking hate that movie. It sucks. The music is terrible. The dancing is terrible. Cinematography is very good. The directing is really good. But everything else about the, those two things and probably the production design. So other than that, don't like the acting. Don't like the music. Don't like the dancing. Uh, every, everything else about it just sucks and I don't like it and it shouldn't be in this category and it shouldn't have won Best Director especially over Barry Jenkins. Correct. Uh, fuck that movie. It sucks. Uh, then uh, I don't like Manchester by the Sea either. I think it's overwrought and boring and Kenneth Lonergan's done much better work. You can count on me. Check that film out. It fucking rules. This movie's not good. I didn't... There are too many good actors in this movie for this movie to be as boring as it was. And um, I only liked one scene, and that was the Michelle Williams crying scene. And that's only because she's an amazing actress, and she actually kind of sucked me into the movie for about five minutes. Gotcha. Casey Affleck's not good enough to have one best, best actor this year, uh, especially over Denzel Washington Fences or any of the Chirones from Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just don't like that film. I don't think it sucks the way La La Land sucks, though. In fact, when La La Land was announced as the best picture, I was at my friend Justin's house. I left his house. I didn't stick around for the speech. I didn't see the moment. <laughs> he called me as I was driving away from his house. It was like, hey, Moonlight actually won best picture. La La Land got called up by mistake. I stopped in a parking lot and rethought my entire life. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. <laughs> I, I may still have the video I recorded. Say, for... I remember you doing something. I remember if you posted something on Facebook. Yeah, I, I posted a video of me talking in the parking lot where I was rethinking my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Hidden Figures. Also a bad movie. Just a bad, bad movie. With three really good main performances. Hmm. Kevin Costner's character, not a real person. Oh, you know, I didn't realize that. <laughs> so he is a fabricated character to make white people look good. Wow. Yeah. So worse. fuck that movie. <laughs> Despite the fact that Janelle Monet, Octavia Spencer, and um, Taraji, Taraji P. Henson, thank yeah. you. Her name just completely, uh, yeah. who, who plays Catherine Johnson. Ooh, we have a elementary school named after in our city. Hell yeah. Which is, she kicked out Robert E. Lee. Uh, in our city, Wasn't she it? kicked out Lee Hall. Oh, Lee Hall. Yeah. Uh, which I forget the name of the, the person who Lee Hall is named after something, something Lee, but it's not Robert. Okay. E. Gotcha. Uh, it's whoever owned the Lee Hall mansion. And it's not the writer of, um, uh, Billy Elliot. Okay. Whose name is Lee Hall. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so hidden figures, whitewashing, completely fabricated character, but it did bring an important story to light and we wouldn't have that elementary school named after Catherine Johnson. I believe if it wasn't for that movie. Also those three women got uh, plaques 
dedicated mm-hmm. to them at the Virginia Air and Space Museum in Hampton, Virginia, just this year. Yeah, part of uh, the part of the building over there too was was that named for Catherine Johnson or somebody? Else? I th- like, I think so. Yeah. So. So while I think it's a bad movie, it did it did some good. So I am putting it at the top of the bad movies list. There you go. So I'm going to go into the good movies. And those good movies start with Hell or High Water. Taylor Sheridan. Very good writer. I like this film. Check it out. Mm. Uh, Then we'll go Lion. Lion's excellent. I really, really like Lion. Um, Dev Patel is an incredible actor. And if you haven't seen him do anything since um, Slumdog Millionaire, check him out. He's amazing. Uh, then I'll go Fences, love August Wilson, love Denzel Washington, love Viola Davis, who should have been nominated for Best Actress, not Best Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. and should have beaten Emma Stone, who is bad in La La Land. Actively bad. She's just terrible in that film. Uh, and then my number one of the remaining films is Arrival. I cry like a child when I watch that film. For like an hour after I watched it. Broke my heart. I love that movie so much. It is a gorgeous film about communication and love. Mm-hmm. And the idea is the idea of if you knew your love was doomed, would you still pick it? Yeah. And that is Oh Boy. Yep. So, Moonlight. First off, deserves Best Picture. This is an incredible film. It is one of the most beautiful films of the year. It's one of the best films of the decade. And I'm putting it at number two right under Arrival, because Arrival is so good. And if I had to put Rogue One in here, I would probably put it right above Hell or High Water. It's a pretty good film. It's my second favorite Star Wars. It's my number four. Hmm. There you go. Okay, okay. I have it under the uh, the original and right above Return of the Jedi. Okay. Last Jedi is still your number was the last Jedi number one, one, baby. That's what I thought. Okay. Last Jedi is incredible. It's my, my number two. So, yeah. Empire's my number two. Yeah. No, I get that. I will never fight anyone on their Star Wars rankings. All Star Wars is good Star Wars. All right. So, Zach, is this the worst best picture? No. Oh, shit. I forgot to rank it, though. Let me see. <laughs> you Let me... Fool. Fill up my list. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid to give things five stars because that's who I am. But I gave it four and a half. I gave it four and a half. And I've got it at number 22. Hmm. Number 22. I think, um, you know, it's incredible. But it's maybe not quite as good as, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front or Lawrence of Arabia. So. I feel like you're like the manager or the supervisor that doesn't give anybody the exceeds expectations. <laughs> it's like you did, you did so well. Like you, you did so much more for this company. You went well and above and beyond. And that's why you may got me expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give exceeds. I just won't give a complete, I don't know. I'd dock them one point for something. It's like, fair enough. You were late twice. <laughs> so you're not perfect. You were late five minutes. Four years ago. <laughs> Five minutes I have been counting. All right. And I do not think this is the worst best picture. I put it at my number 13. Ooh, man. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you what it did. My previous number 13 was Godfather Part 2. Ooh. Putting things above that means it really had to do something for me and exceed expectations. This one's exceeded expectations. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 I really should go and rank things, but I don't because you know, I'm a filthy casual. So who the fuck wants to listen to what I have to say? <laughs> I do. Well, thanks. Me. That's why I talk to you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, this, it, it, yeah, I love my list so much because I look at what's next because I have it, I have it in between Godfather Part Two and Mrs. Miniver, and I feel like that's just another wall that you have to like you have to beat each individual movie. I can't just auto put you in the spot like you have to right. beat each individual one, and yeah, that's a tough one to beat. Like that's that's a hard wall to hit. So, yep. Yeah. So number number thirteen for me. So 
Good. I would definitely watch this movie again, despite awkward jack-off scenes. <clears throat> I just don't like yeah. awkward sex scenes. Like it's just, it's, yeah, it's not so much even awkward yeah. in the film, but it's maybe awkward to watch it. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. God, her was one oh, of the most difficult awkward. things to fucking watch. Like, because you don't even watch, you got to fucking sit there and listen to that weird ass shit. So, it is. It's not because it's a gay hand job. It's just because it's a hand job. It's just <laughs> the most awkward of the sexual acts. That's right. Bitch, I've been doing that shit for years by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> is this your worst best picture? Absolutely not. This film is just too beautiful to ever be ranked below the, the middle, which is why I have it exactly at number 15. Oh, nice. There we go. It's for the second week in a row. Spotlight was my number 15 last week. Ah. And this usurp spotlight. So I got Moonlight and Spotlight together, just like the Academy Awards did. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to call it for this evening, gentlemen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can find me, Altorna underscore Occam, at all the Twitch, Twitter, (laughs) and TikToks. Yeah, I bumble through that every time. (laughs) It's going to be different. We always bumble. Yeah. But Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker. Zackmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name and seeing how frugal I am with the five stars. Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched. You know what? We're recording these so close together I didn't really get to watch a new movie because I'm uh, trying to keep up with the podcast that uh, yeah. we did. We did this one just a couple of days after we recorded the <laughs> last one. So no new movies. Uh, Cause I talked about bullet train yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So there's me. All right. All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the shape of water, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, YouTube, voodoo, or stream on Hulu. And we like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Living Up Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscarsy Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsy Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Trappin' in the streets, but lovin' in your heart. So, for Jonathan, Zach, and we'll go ahead and give uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway the thanks for giving us one of the greatest Oscar moments of all time. (laughs) We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. (laughs)